just like the way they compete. You know, we're playing a lot of different guys. Some guys are playing a little bit more, I think, than they ever expected to play in the first two preseason games. I like our grit. I think we got some tough guys. I thought Peterman was victimized a couple times with the tipped interceptions, but I like the way he competes, runs around. Cocaine isn't cheap. I'm really proud of him. I'm really excited to see what he does in his future. I think we tried to summarize him a couple days ago. He has the it factor. He, he rarely makes the same mistake twice. He loves football. He eats it up, and he's he's one of the energizers of our defense. He's walked in here and given us a lot of skills that we can utilize, certainly. We've seen the emergence of some of our young players, and... Um, you know, with Gerald McCoy coming to get some at-bats and Divine Diablo returning, Isaiah Johnson's going to jump in and play this week. Carl Joseph didn't play tonight. We're hoping to get him on the grass next week. So, you know, we've got a lot of guys to look at. Mariota hasn't been able to play. Um, so with that being said, we want to continue to see who the backup running back can be. We don't know how long Richard is going to be out. So we're going to continue to do what we think gives our team the best chance to uh, showcase their skills and keep the right guys. Just crush my dreams. Just being a little sarcastic and having a little fun here. Boom. Sadness. That's the one. Has Allegiant Stadium had an event without problems yet? Well, I've been to two. Uh, we I told you the problems on Garth Brooks with the audio with the sound. It was just I couldn't hear one thing he said. I mean, um then I was at the Raider game. Uh, I went to the press box. So I don't know what the I, yeah. I, again with the sound though. I mean, Santana played at, at halftime and literally we're like, I I can't hear him. Couldn't hear him in the press box. No, yeah. you could hear sound. You couldn't hear. Right. You couldn't hear him. So right. when I was when I was at the Gold Cup, similar problem with the sound. Like you I could, just you knew they were talking, but you, right. it was you, unintelligible. Like you no, there's been nothing like what happened over the weekend though. That so bad. neither one of us were there, but WWE SummerSlam was at Allegiant Stadium and. There's a whole list of issues that happen. I know somebody that was there. They had uh, sent me a message while it was happening that the sound system was down at one point <laughs> and that video boards were down. Like they, they got the video boards back up and running at some point, but there was a point where they couldn't hear anything and, that, see anything. and that most of the video boards right. in Allegiant Stadium were just a black screen. Uh, we also know that the cashless system went down. So Allegiant Stadium is a cashless venue. You can't pay with cash. There's a system. There's a third party that basically runs how they receive their money and everything. That was down on Saturday, so there were no concessions available. Or I guess they were selling the food, or they were giving away the food that they had already cooked, but you couldn't actually buy anything at some point uh, there. That was also a problem at Petco Park the same night. So that was a... Yeah, it, it happened other places. That was this third party had a right. had a massive problem that wasn't just affecting Allegiant Stadium. Uh, there were also complaints about the lack of pyro or indoor fireworks. Now, I saw multiple people on Twitter say that Allegiant Stadium wouldn't allow the WWE to have their indoor fireworks. And I saw a lot of people say that they weren't working. I don't know which is true. I can tell you during the Gold Cup, there were indoor fireworks. There were. There was some pyro. So they're the allowed, obviously. So, yes. I Now, maybe WWE has something different that was like, oh, no, we can't do that. But there was some indoor pyro when I was at the Gold Cup. Genuinely, my two favorite things about indoor pyrotechnics is, or even outdoor pyrotechnics, is the opening tip-off. And there's just this, like, black 
like smoke. cloud. Smoke, yeah. Yeah. Inside, you know the basketball. That's no, inside the Thomas and <laughs> Beck. Or yeah. the better one is they set off smoke bombs before the lights game and it's just blowing oh, in the goalie's face. No, no, it's when there's no wind. When there's wind, it's fine. When there's no wind out at Cashman, yeah. it'll just sit about five right. feet off the ground and the goalie is just suffocating because <laughs> there's just pink smoke sitting on the field. The other report, uh, again, just from people on, on Twitter, was that toilets were backed up and overflowing. Adam Hill was at this, and he actually tweeted that he went down and looked in some of the toilets and could not find this. The intrepid <laughs> reporter at the Review Journal by Adam Hill's staff writer. So Adam Hill did dispute the toilets problem here. I mean, also think about that. Like, you're you're in the bathroom, you're washing your hands, and Adam Hill walks in and starts <laughs> yes, opening exactly. the stalls. <laughs> and it's just like... You're the guy from the radio or the newspaper? The newspaper? Uh, so, oh, and one more. Taking pictures. Like just, <laughs> yeah, why are you taking pictures? The Wi-Fi was down to. For the stadium. For the for the fans. Not I don't know about the media. Maybe the bathrooms the are interesting, and I'll talk to him later because I don't know how many bathrooms he went into with Adam. But <laughs> now this could easily have been. I, I didn't see these. Could this just have been one bathroom? Someone tweeting it, and everyone just it assumed it was been. all the bathrooms. Right. It might have been. There's that's the one with sort of the least you don't really amount know. of uh, confirmation. I there. mean, that also could just be a guy. Maybe, like no, guy, yeah, it could be like one person tweeting is like all oh, the bathrooms are down. No, yeah, Jared's no. saying it could be one guy had some problems and then he went, none of the toilets are working. <laughs> it wasn't Why are we always putting it on the guys? <laughs> Maybe that's Adam Hill's problem is that he didn't go in the women's bathroom. Cassie, you got the women, I got them in. Let's go. It'd be kind of funny if the uh, fireworks were shot out of that Al, Al Davis memorial. Thing. Oh boy! Like the flame up, and then these fireworks just got shot out of that thing. <laughs> so, but I think the bigger point here is there have been four events at Allegiant Stadium, and I I don't think that any one of them has gone off without some sort of issue, some sort no. of like important yeah. complaint. Obviously, the big one has been parking and getting the hell out of that stadium and how big of a mess it's been. The only event they've had that didn't have massive issues getting out was the preseason game with the Raiders, which yeah, lots of people yeah. left early because it was it wasn't everybody. Yeah, it wasn't everybody leaving at once. They yeah. had fifteen thousand empty seats. People right. left at halftime, third quarter of that game, so it wasn't everyone leaving at once. Right. But I guess, I guess my question is, how much should we expect this to be a perfectly running stadium versus, hey, they've only had four events, they're going to have problems. Well, perfectly, I don't know if it'll ever be perfect. The one thing I'm a little kind of, I don't disappoint is the wrong word because I don't run the stadium, I just go to events there. But you've had four or five events now where you know you hear back from people, be it social media or they might call and, I know this from the paper, people actually call and are not happy with you and they <laughs> have things to say as I played for you a few of my messages. The sound uh, system to ooh. me, the cash thing's a third party. They screwed up. There has to be some, you know, some compensation made back. I'm sure that'll happen. Whatever. You can't do anything but that. That's a third party. How can you have four or five events where you know you've heard each back time back on the sound system and it's not better? Yeah. Like, I don't get that part. It's like, wait a minute. Right from Garth Brooks on, you've heard no one could hear what he was saying. Okay, it's your first event. I get that. Okay, Gold Cup, you're right. Same thing. Uh, Santana had, I mean, it's like... At some point, like, okay, what's going on here? Why right. isn't this why isn't this fixed? The sound system to me is a massive one because that should have been th this should be state of the art. Like they do yeah. studies on this yeah. stuff. Like the way things can be designed to where it sounds amazing everywhere in that stadium. And apparently they didn't do that. Apparently they had no interest no. in that whatsoever because the sound has been 
Awful. It's been terrible. And again, you have concerts there. It's not just like, oh, it's a football game. It's not game like third and, like, and eight. You can't understand You're the like PA You're like a concert where well. you need to listen to every right. song. You're going to hear it. Yeah, to hear the song. So that, to me, is a massive disaster. Obviously, we've talked plenty about the parking and getting in and out of there. That was going to be an issue from the moment they selected this site. Everyone said, hey, you're building a stadium, right. and there's only 2,500 lo- or spots we knew or that, whatever. Though. We knew that was going to be an issue. Yeah. Surprise, surprise, it was an issue. The other one to me is the Wi-Fi. Like, we're in, in 2021. 2021. Yeah. Like, and they, here's the thing. They have a Wi-Fi. There's a free Wi-Fi network for fans. Let me guess. It's Allegiant-Guest. <laughs> I think it's usually it the name of the Wi-Fi. But, like... For the Gold Cup, and again, I was in my seat. Did it work? 90 minutes before the game started. I was there when the stadium was only about 10% full. Could not connect the entire Oh, you game. said you couldn't connect. Couldn't connect to I the I thought you just Wi-Fi. said that that happened at WWE. No, I, it happened to me, too. Could not connect the entire game. Like, my phone was useless. I could take pictures with it. My phone was useless for that wow. entire game. Like I don't know how that happens. I don't know how that happens. Right, and again, it's 2021. You should be able. There, there are sporting events where there is perfect Wi-Fi for all the fans. The and sound system's one thing that might take a little while to get perfect. The Wi-Fi. I mean, Jimmy, go to the back and hit the switch. <laughs> I mean, how, how do you not have Wi-Fi? Like the well, sound system might take a while, but the Wi-Fi. I, I will say, if it's a certain com- if it's provided by a certain company in town that I will not name because I don't know if they're an advertiser. <laughs> uh, I had an I had a station emergency on Saturday night. And my Wi-Fi, which is also provided by this uh, company that will r- remain nameless, went down, and I had to like jury rig my phone into a mobile hotspot in order to VPN into our system because there were three people on the Wi-Fi, and it caused it to crash. I don't know how that happens. Yeah. It's- now the scoreboard. I'm gonna have to get after the show and call Josh Francois. What's wrong with the scoreboard? Uh-oh. What's oh, happening? No, was that, if, come if, on now. Come on, Josh. The video boards are going blank. That's, oh, they should yeah, hire yeah. Josh to fix this there thing. Are. are we? Do we know? I don't think these video boards are Dactronics. That's the problem. No, that's the problem. Well, the other problem yeah. is Josh is in uh, uh, Missouri. At Iowa Columbia, State now. Uh, I'm wondering what the coach at Iowa State's doing and <laughs> trying to check him out in case in case Desiree needs a new coach here in a few years. <laughs> <laughs> checking out checking out the local scene. There's a guy named TJ. What do you think? <laughs> I am just amazed that we could have a $2 billion stadium open and there be this many issues for events. You're right. We should have given them more money. (laughs) (laughs) That's 750. That wasn't supposed to include the sound system. Like, okay, all you have heard so far is people talk up the stadium, right? Whether it's like like UNLV's done it, their coaches, everybody is like, we play in one of the greatest stadiums Roll the dice, baby. Roll the dice. You hear it hyping up about like John Gruden has said it, everybody at the Raiders. We can't say that. Well, no, this not is people not, that don't, not unbiased people with not vested interests but in no, it. But I'm saying we factually, that is, that is no, incorrect. No, it's this incorrect. This stadium sucks so far. I mean, far. it doesn't, it, it's, you're exactly right. Now, the people you mentioned are not going to say that. Right. But, but you went to a concert and couldn't hear. Couldn't hear. I went to a soccer game, couldn't, couldn't hear. hear, and couldn't get on the Wi-Fi for five hours. I was at the football game where the big deal was Santana at halftime, which is great. Uh, couldn't, I mean, you heard it. You just couldn't hear anything he was saying. And now there's been a wrestling event where sound system down, video boards down, cashless system where you can't buy concession stands, Wi-Fi not working. This stadium is Potential bathroom issues. If anybody, (laughs) potentially, if anybody says this is one of the best stadiums in the world, they are lying. It sucks to go to an event at this stadium right now. 
it, I was just going to say, maybe it's the for the players when they look up, they're like, wow, this right. is great. Oh, and no, it's that's like, that's it. You're exactly yeah, right. That's need, it. Guys, yeah. maybe come sit up in the third yeah. row and find out how uh, how it really is. This is Vegas having their NFL team, having something they've never had before, and just falling in love with it without acknowledging that there's mistakes. There's no question, but there's a lot of exactly what you said. This is people never had this. They finally have it, and now they're not going to. And if they do notice it like the sound, they're not going to say much about it. It's like, no, it's a great stadium. It's like, no, but when you look at how much money was given publicly and how much it cost, you cannot spend $2 billion on and have these kind of issues. I wanted to ask you guys this. If I... Was there a problem with hearing what the refs had to say during the preseason game? I did like, not go to the preseason I, okay. game. The I'm refs don't remember. speak in soccer. I'm trying to remember. I, okay, I don't yeah, know. you're right. They, they, you, <laughs> the refs don't yeah. talk no, in soccer. The refs are literally probably don't even speak the same language as the players. They, I, they're given handy cards. It's a great question. I don't remember. I just literally remembered. I, I, just, I mean, Marie Osmond, you could hear you could hear the anthem. You kind of knew the anthem, though. I mean, you know, you kind of, you know, you knew that. Santana, if you don't know any of these songs, you literally, like Tyler just said, you heard noise. You couldn't really hear the words. Like Garth Brooks, like, I know a lot of the songs, so I know what he was playing. But if you didn't, you didn't, you didn't hear the words. He was just, it was just noise. Well, that's what I'm, I'm just wondering, like, there's a foul number replay It might have been going to be like, do we boo? Do we clap? Yeah, like, I mean, it it Did we get screwed or not? <laughs> Just let us know. You yeah. hope the cashless thing never happens because I'm sure the third party got a call on that and there'll be yeah. repercussions and I'm sure there'll be kind of com- compensation back. But the uh, to me, again, to me, the worst thing so far is the sound because you knew it after the one concert and nothing's been done right. about it. Right. That's that doesn't make any right. sense. You know and how many people you think off that Brooks concert like said something. Yeah. They, it was all over Twitter. Ever they knew right away. Okay, this right. isn't good. And Guns and Roses is there in three days. Yeah, and it's I mean, apparently it's just, still sounds bad every every event they've had. So yeah, it's yeah. it's not good enough. Like we we have a two billion dollar stadium with the most public money ever given to a stadium in the United States, yeah. and we've had four events, and I don't know that any one of them has actually been a good event to go to because of the stadium. Is it going to take, like, the Rolling Stones basically saying, okay, we're just going to cancel because this they is They play unexpected. one song, and they're like, yeah. oh. Yeah, is that what it's going to take? It might. Well, and I also mean, you have... I mean, the Raiders, look, they're never going to say... I, I get it, it's their stadium, but, I mean, you're coming from mice in the soda machine. So, <laughs> they don't have I mean, high standards. The, the, the standards by which the Raiders, coming from where they came from, I was like, this is the greatest mecca in the world. We love, Who cares about the sound? We can get the canned soda and is, we'll be fine. Is it bad that I kind of want, like, somehow the A's to move here and have to play <laughs> at Allegiance? No, it's the most disappointing thing. They built the stadiums where it cannot host baseball. Yeah, it can't. Oh. It physically cannot it can't. host baseball. The way it's set up, it can't. Yeah, which is so disappointing because the A's coming here, even if they just played one season there, would yes. be the funniest It'd be thing. be great. Oh, it'd be hilarious. All right, coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Get excited about UNLV basketball recruiting. Bischoff's Briefs. Son, I didn't understand a word you just said. Bischoff's Briefs. Hey, thanks. That is not a compliment. Ah, I disagree. Bischoff's Briefs. Okay, well, that was just a list of complete nonsense, but you're not totally wrong. Bischoff's Briefs. Stay tuned. A little bit later in the show, we're going to have tickets to the Vegas Kickoff Classic coming up on September 4th. Uh, but first, Bischoff's Briefs. The stadium. We At Allegiant Stadium. Terrence Arsenault 
has UNLV in his top four. Terrence Arsenault is a top 100 player in the class of 2022. He's a six foot seven wing. He's from Beaumont, Texas, which is a city east of Houston, uh, kind of close to the border with the state of Louisiana. Uh, he's a four star, 65th best player in the class. Uh, and 24-7 Sports wrote about him, actually wrote that he would likely see a big boost in his rankings when they release their next update. So he might be a top 50 player here pretty soon. But here's the interesting part about Arsenal and UNLV. His top four are Houston, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, and Vegas. Houston, Texas A&M. Well, they got the edge over Oklahoma because the Oklahoma guy is here now, and he'll tell him to come here. Texas A&M and, and Houston? Houston. He's from Texas? He's from Beaumont, Texas. Houston might be a wild card there. So here's the interesting part about it. Terrence Arsenault, Beaumont, Texas, his hometown, is 85 miles from Houston, Mm -hmm. is 170 miles from Texas A&M, 475 miles from Oklahoma, 1,500 miles from Las Vegas. He certainly has in his final four three teams that are close to home. And then UNLV. So why the hell is UNLV in here? He talked Oklahoma, to 24-7. Right? What? Oklahoma? No, not at all. Not Carlin Hartman at all. Oh. Uh, he talked to 24-7 sports. Brandon Chappelle is close to me and my family. Being away from home with someone like him who is from Beaumont seems real good to me. Their program is on the rise. I like the way they are talking to me with their new head coach. I like the fit. And they feel if I go there that I can make an immediate impact. So, again, Terrence Arsenault's from Beaumont, Texas. Brandon Chappelle, new assistant coach under Kevin Kruger. He also is from Beaumont, Texas. Went to high school there. Actually played high school basketball with Kendrick Perkins there. Um, So, what you have, and apparently, by the way, Brandon Chappelle has kept a good relationship with Terrence Arsenault's family to the point where he views him as family, views him as close to his family. So, that's why UNLV, that's despite the key to UNLV recruiting, oh, just, just wait, it gets better, Jared. But that's why this kid who is all about all his schools are close to where he lives right now, except for UNLV. That's why UNLV is still involved because of Brandon Chappelle's relationship here. But here's what else he said. I am looking for a team that is about family where I can go to make an impact. I do not have to start. I want to win my starting spot and feel comfortable with the coaching staff. I want to know the team is able to win and help develop me to get to the NBA. But he is looking for a team that is about family. He's an original kid. Yeah. So never heard that before. The good news for UNLV is that Brandon Chappelle seems to fit that pretty well. That that guy is close to this guy's family. Seems like he's part of the family. So Brandon Chappelle might be that might be the reason why he ends up coming to UNLV. But one possible worry here because. The way 24-7 sports does these stories, I love it. They ask the kid, all right, here's your final four. Give us like two sentences on each team. It's great. Here's what he said about Texas A&M. Buzz Williams sat down with my family, and we had a real talk. He won my family over and showed me that he really cares about me. The school holds a good spot in my heart. Buzz Williams won the family over? Uh. Who talks I mean, about family more? The characters in Fast and Furious are college recruits. Did Buzz Williams 
win them over by saying, it's simple. Do you want to go to the NCAA tournament? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? Hey, Houston and Oklahoma are on his Final Four, too. That's what I'm saying. They, go they the could NCAA all say tournament. the same thing. Right. Only, all... only one of those teams, right. given recent history, cannot say that to that kid with right. a straight face. UNLV's two best pitches are Brandon A, Chappelle Brandon has to be the Chappelle. first, and B... Well, you'll well, play right away and make an impact. Play. Yeah, yeah, you can you play. Can play. Yeah. Go to Houston. They were a two-seed in the yeah. NCAA tournament. Yeah, right? uh, You're going to have to be really good to play right away there. Look what Porter Moser did at Loyola Chicago. Who knows what he's going to do right. at Oklahoma? So those are their two best pitches. But that just that quote about Buzz Williams, he won my family over. Uh. He's good. This he's going to Texas A and M. Buzz and Brandon in a in a, in a shootout uh, for uh, this family ties. The family ties. <laughs> Who is the bigger family friend, Brandon and, Chappelle or Buzz Williams? Houston's the closest to him. Yep. What? So it's 126 like two hours away from, from Call Station. About yeah, about that. Okay, 100, 170 miles. Which yeah, Texas highways. That's are like where they're going to sell on him. Hey. You're away if they want to come see it, but you're still far away. Don't worry. You know, it's like, you know, they're not, if they want to come see your games, they can come see everyone in your games, but you also get the freedom of your being away. If you're in Vegas, how many games are they really going to? Right. I mean, literally. I mean, you're not going to be out there for every game. Your parents at A&M, essentially, I have no idea who his parents are, what they do, but essentially can beat every game if they want to. Yep. Yeah. He's what, going to Texas A&M. That's a good he? question. What do his parents do? Because, like, Amori no Hardy's family moved here when Amori right. Hardy came to UNLV. Like, his whole family was like, yeah, we're moving from, what was he from, Detroit? Uh -huh. The whole family moved from Detroit here. So, well, maybe that happens here. I think, uh, all right, leader in the clubhouse after that comment is, is uh, Texas A&M. Texas A&M, absolutely. Leader in the clubhouse. Oh, my God. you Buzz Williams won the family over? Have we ever heard that? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Have we ever heard that statement? No. Well, they had a real conversation. Maybe he's maybe he's like, all right. So my pa it hasn't worked in the past. So I'm just <laughs> gonna go in there and just be like, look, let me give it to you straight. I got a friend who owns a car dealership. Name, image, yes. likeness. Name, image, likeness, man. A lot. I guarantee there's a lot of name, image, image, likeness rolling around Texas. Hey, that's against the rules. Are you suggesting <laughs> college coaches are breaking the rules when recruiting? I mean. Branch, that's a good connection. The rising program, well, I hope so. I They've think been to the tournament take, like seven or eight years. If you're not rising at this point, man, it's not good. I think over the last six years, you could take every single interview that a UNLV basketball or football recruit and has they're given, rising. and they have Everyone's mentioned rising. that the program is rising, that the coach has it on that, the way up. I mean, I'm not mar head of marketing out there. I don't know who's left in marketing, but uh, you know they had running Rebels – uh, ripping rebels, run to your gun, and all that. It could be this year on top of the media guide. I would do it. Rising rebels. Rising rebels. Rising rebels. You could have some kid rising for a dunk. One of like the Ooh. nine new kids out there's like, yeah, Jimmy, you're you're on the head of the media. I'm on the media guide. Well, we're all new, so we're just gonna pick I, you. I, you're the best dunker. So you just, you just dunk the ball. No, no, you have them rising to dunk. I have them rising off the floor because they dove for a loose ball. <laughs> yes. What if they're rising <laughs> off milk crates? Oh boy! Some if they're kids doing the on the top crate of a challenge. milk crate, like rising towards the basket. There's not going to be a team left. They're all going to be hurt for the whole season. Everyone face plants. Uh, I have now seen two successful milk crate. I've challenges. only seen one. one and it was guy, probably the first one. One guy rolling a blunt, and then I saw another one yesterday. Still, that's still just like everyone else is failing. Guy, at this, and this guy is the guy rolling like, a blunt. Is, is in comparison easy. to Mikey G is the runaway winner for our star. Oh, I mean, if you're rolling a blunt, you can do that. You are the runaway oh, winner. Let's get him on the radio. 
<laughs> Mike, uh, we liked your video, but we're going with the guy who rolled the blunt as he jumped His over video the video. Bill Cart, yeah. His video yes, yeah. He can't, His video was better. He can't name a player no, on the Raiders. No, no. But his video was great. No, and depending on how big the blunt was, he might not even know his name. But you know what? We're going to have the guy on the radio because he was actually pretty pretty good on the uh, the milk cart. I saw one other guy successfully do it. All the milk crates fell down after he finished, too, by the way. he like, But he got through. He, like, escaped the clutches of hell. Of hell. And there were, like, 30 people around him, and they just went nuts. Because the guy did it, which I was which I was excited for him, too. It's funny, because one of the guys I saw crash his face into the concrete, they also went nuts. Yeah. Like, no, someone called 911. They were laughing and high-fiving. The guy's, like, on the concrete with his face. I'm like, why are you people, like, He's cheering dead. this? Yes. Uh, don't climb on milk crates. It's Maybe that should be our promotion of Lights FC game. Milk crate climb. Oh, I get... I'm not doing it. I no. refuse. Coming up next, a very special guy. Ed's very excited because we're just going to trash on the Padres for the next 10 minutes. We're back to the press box with Grainy and Bischoff. Joining us now from the San Diego Union-Tribune, Nick Canepa. Nick, how are you this morning? Nicholas? Is anybody there? Nicholas? Are you there? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if you are. (laughs) Half the time, half the time, yes or no. How are you? I'm okay. Got well, up. Well, yeah, well, you're better than the Padres. Listen, we're going to talk Padres, Dodgers, but mostly Padres. Um, okay, give us the uh, give us the short version because I know it's a long one given how they played lately. You and I were talking yesterday. Why do you think, and injuries play a part of it, I get it, but this is not the same team kind of stylistically in the running and how they played against the Dodgers early in the year. Like, can you pinpoint some stuff beyond the injuries? Because both teams have kind of had injuries. Uh, uh, it's, it's almost impossible uh, to, to say what's happened here. I, you know, obviously they've had injuries in the pitching staff, but you know, they're not alone in the, they're not alone in the league in that. Um, um, and what bothers me more than anything is how they played. They, they, they just seem like a different team than they were a month ago. I mean, I mean, they were, they were probably the most exciting team in baseball. they they ran. I mean, they took chances, um, and now you don't see any of that. I, I think they're boring right now. Not just because they're losing, but they're just not the same team. And I, I don't quite understand what what's been going on there. But you know, granted, Tatis has been out, and he's always going to be out. But um, and he he takes more chances than anybody in baseball, and usually succeeds. But it's just uh, I don't know. They uh, since the trade deadline, they they just have been a different team. They are not the same, and I certainly don't know the answers. And I doubt it if the firing of pitching coach Larry Rothschild is going to have them playing in late October. Was that more of a scapegoat move? Was that maybe a like, hey, we don't think we're going to change anything, but more of a wake up call for the players? Like, why fire the pitching coach right now if it isn't necessarily going to make a material difference? Well, I, I I don't know how it can. I, I think he's the fall guy. Uh, you could you could fire everybody right now. I you know I I don't know. Uh, you know they did big. You know they they brought in Frazier from uh, Pittsburgh, who's a good player, leading the league in hits, and half the time he doesn't play. I, you know, the team that can't hit plays the league's leading hitter. You know, one out of every three games or whatever. You know, it's just, I don't really know what's going on there. It doesn't make any sense to me. 
Um, and how much again on uh, on Tingler um, and how he handles a club? Because we don't know much about Jace Tingler from afar. We just kind of watch their games and how they've changed. Has he changed? I mean, what, what? Tell us something about Jace Tingler. We don't know. I don't know much about him other than, like you said at the beginning of the season, I'm like, man, that is a so exciting team. Love watching Tatis. It's not the same team. Has he felt the pressure? Do you think he's feeling it a little? Well, I, I, I can't imagine he's not. I think everybody's got to be, be feeling the pressure. Uh, um, I don't think I don't think Jace Tingler has changed. He he's still he's still pulls pitchers too soon. He he goes with a, almost a different lineup every night. Um, I, I don't know. I, it, it, Jace Tingler seems to be the kind of manager who's grasping at straws even when they're winning. You know, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really don't know, but I don't think from what I've been watching that he has changed how he operates. Although, like I say, I don't know if it's planned that they that they don't take as many chances or if they're just not on their own taking chances. I, I don't know. Uh, that was that was a big part of their game. Running was a big part of their game, and they're not doing it now. There's still quite a few games left in the season, but is it? Fair to say they feel like their season is on the brink with this series against the Dodgers. Oh yeah, they have. It has to be. I mean, I, you know, they, they're not catching the Dodgers anyway. They're this is a this is a wild card. This is a wild card team now, and probably was all along. But I think at one time they had like a seven or eight game lead on the Reds in the wild card. Um, now they're either tied or behind. I I can't keep up with these things, but um, yeah, I, if they're going to make and I, I don't believe they're making the playoffs. They, they cannot make the playoffs playing like this. They, they simply cannot. So uh, obviously, every, every single game for them now is crucial. Um, easy statement to make, but you, you watch him every night. Uh, he has been on the stint, two IL stints. He does play recklessly sometimes. Maybe it will help if they move him to the outfield full time. I don't know if they'd ever do that with him, but. Can you put Tatis in 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 uh, quantitative message uh, measure of how much he means to San Diego in terms of all time athletes? Because you've covered most of them. Where does he rank? Well, he's as an athlete, he's right near the top. I mean, it's you know they've had you know they've had uh, Dave Winfield who was drafted in three sports. They had Tony Gwynn who was drafted in two. Uh, but he is a marvelous, marvelous athlete. He, he is. You know, I, I don't know why anybody throws him a strike. Uh, anybody who throws a pitch over the plate to Fernando Tatis should be fine. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, he, he, you throw him a slider outside, and that's it. He's out. Um, but they don't, and he's a great player. And I, I've, I've wrote months ago that he's going to be a center fielder, and I think that's going to be the position for him. He's He's... He's outgrown the shortstop position. He's, he's he grew an inch over the he grew an inch over the off team. The guy's six four. He's not a this is a big guy. Um, and uh, no, he's 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 an he's a, he's going to be an outfielder. And it took it took him too long to do it, but you know they're they're finally getting around to it. And I think he'll be a great outfielder. I, I don't I don't I don't see any reason why not. His instincts. Remarkable. He's one of the fastest players in the league. Um, I uh, I can't I can't see him not being a great outfielder. Right? I uh, I you know he's going to have to have surgery. They're, if they cannot, if 
if this team doesn't make him have surgery after the season, I don't know what what to tell you. He he needs surgery on that shoulder. So that's going to happen during the off season. So um, yeah, we'll we'll just have to see. But right now, it's it's really really not good. What is the craziest moment uh, or the dumbest moment in the history of San Diego sports where either Tatis wasn't an outfielder from the beginning or San Diego State for the first two weeks of training camp had Marshall Falk as a defensive back and not a running back? Well, I was – it's Marshall Falk. Uh, I mean, I, I was uh, – the late Frank Brady, as we call the bunch, was a really good guy. And he, he, covered, he, covered, the, he covered the Aztecs for us. And uh, I went out to Mark Marshall's freshman year. I went out to the final scrimmage, which by itself is a, is a secular miracle, as you well know. <laughs> but I actually attended the Aztec scrimmage. And I, I knew absolutely nothing about Marshall Falk. He hadn't done anything. Nobody had written about him. Um, so I go out there, and I'm staying alongside of, of uh, Frank, and the Aztecs are plodding along. You know, they're playing themselves, you know. I think T.J. Wright, is that the guy, Ed, who was the yeah. starting tailback? Yeah, yeah. T.J. Wright, yeah. yeah. You know, the journeyman kind of guy, Good, a, a nice nice back. You know, <laughs> nothing nothing flashy, nothing great. So I'm there talking to Frank, and out of the corner of my eye, I see this flash. <laughs> you know, and I, and, and, uh, and I tell Frank, I go, who is that? <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he says, oh, that's Mark, that's the freshman kid out of New Orleans, Marshall Falk. He's a he's a backup. He's 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 a backup, and and they, they didn't they didn't play him for they didn't start for three games. And when he finally did, he just set a national rushing record. <laughs> Wasn't it the Fullerton game when he went for like four twenty five? And someone said yeah, maybe he, he should be like the running back. Yards scored like eight touchdowns. It was insane. I mean. You know, and, you know that kind of you know that kind of stuff happens. But I'm I'm telling you, when you've got a Marshall Falk and you're not starting him, and it, and then that guy was, they were not very good with him. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I um, I don't think they ever made a, they didn't make a bowl game when he was there. I don't think you know the defense was terrible. Um. <laughs> no, I, I. That's the most. That's that's number one. <laughs> no, Marshall Falk. I, I, that will forever burn in my memory, simply because I didn't even. I've never even heard of the guy. <laughs> and how nobody'd long? Written, nobody'd written about him, or you know, uh, came. You know, he, he came here because he wanted to be a running back, and you know, I. I remember talking to John Rob John Robinson, who knew something about tailbacks. Told me he's easily one of the five greatest college tailbacks ever, and he, he was. He was a great, great player. And his freshman year was probably his best year. Ed, how long was he a defensive back? Well, I, I remember Wayne Lockwood said that he came back to the office uh, the first two weeks in the co- the columnist. Wayne Lockwood came back to the office, and I'm just overhearing it. I didn't, you know, I was a part timer, and someone said, "Well, how do they look?" He goes, "Well, they look pretty good." He goes, "They've got this kid at cornerback who might be the greatest running back in the history of the school." <laughs> and the guy goes, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Well, they got this guy at cornerback, and every time he intercepts a pass, he goes to the house every time. I'm like, shouldn't that guy be in the backfield?" Like, <laughs> it's just hilarious. I, was like, <laughs> I, mean, I, I remember telling. I remember telling. And Brady, after that scrimmage, I, I, I said, this is the best running back in the United States. 
And he goes, well, he's looking at me. And I said, Frank, my son, look at this guy. I mean, <laughs> and, of, of course, uh, not to blow my own horn, because it doesn't take much to see Marshall Falk is pretty good. <laughs> he was a first-team All-American as a freshman. So, uh. And he didn't play, basically didn't play the first three games. <laughs> uh. Yeah. <laughs> Took a while around there to get to, to, to notice your best players. Yeah, that, you know, it's very similar to us not making Ed Graney the permanent columnist. <laughs> it's very similar. Yeah, sure it was. It's very similar to that. Well, he is Nick Canepa from the San Diego Union Tribune. Nick, we appreciate your time. Thank this you, morning. Godfather. Hey, enjoy this series with the Dodgers. It ought to be a real beauty. <laughs> See you later. It will. Bye bye. Uh, Even though Ed is not going to watch us. No, no, I can't watch, no. At least not live. You know, the most likely scenario here is the Padres sweep this series, isn't it? No, I think they might. And then, again, but like he said, they're not catching either team. No, they're like 11 back. They're like 13 back, and they're 11 back of the Dodgers, so they're not catching either. But I could could see them sweeping. It's like you you and I talked about the Astros. The Padres play really – they get up for the Dodgers. It's not like the Padres are going to – they might lose some games here in the series, but they're not going to lose because they're not focused. And that's not going to happen. Is it weird that almost all of Ed's old friends are kind of sardonic, kind of <laughs> grumpy? <laughs> like, is there something about, like, hanging out with Ed for a couple years and suddenly, like, like Ray Ratto was a ray of sunshine? <laughs> okay. I'm going to stop you there because Ray Rattle's never been a red sunshine at any time in his life. So <laughs> You've got, like, for some reason, you must be drawn to just very grumpy people. Nick is very. Nick is actually the godfather to my daughter. He's very nice to her. He's a little grumpy with me. It's <laughs> fair. Uh, to give you these numbers here, against teams with a winning record, the Padres are thirty-two and twenty-two. Right. The Dodgers are twenty-seven and twenty-nine. Right. They can't. <laughs> someone told me they they do not do well against good teams. Which again, I think you and I both agree. If they're completely healthy for the playoffs, they're the best team. Absolutely. But they could get into the Brewers or Braves and yeah. brew with Brewers yeah. pitching. But that's that's. Okay, it's fairly normal for a team, like a good team, beat the hell out of the bad teams and then go about 500 against the rest of the good teams. That's fairly normal. It gets across, you the playoffs. Right, that's fairly normal. Like, if you're one of the good teams, you're going to beat up the bad teams, and then you're, you hope know, you're a little bit above 500, but you're going to go about right. 500 against the, the good teams. The Padres and the Astros on the, the Astros are 45 and 27 against teams with a winning record. 45 and 27. They're 26 and 23 against yeah. teams with a losing record. How? I don't know, but if they played well against bad teams, they'd win 120 they, games. They, they'd be the best team <laughs> in the history of the sports. <laughs> if they could just beat the Royals, they'd be the best team in the history of the sport, but they can't do it. All right, here we go. We got tickets to give away to go to the Vegas kickoff classic. BYU is taking on Arizona Saturday, September 4th at Allegiant Stadium. You can buy tickets at LVBowl.com, but we've got four to give away right now to the Vegas Kickoff Classic. We will take caller number 10 at 702-364-1100. That is 702-364-1100 to get tickets to go to BYU against Arizona.